Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction of any kind or those searching for a better way to live. Rich and Susan Collenberg found freedom from drug addiction and alcoholism over two decades ago. In the series, The Temple of the Mind, Part 2, they examine motives, our tendencies to judge others, and the dangers that lie ahead for God's people so all can have prepared hearts and minds to be the temple of His Holy Spirit. Take every thought captive now on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose, The Temple of the Mind, Part 2. And today's program is program number 29 in The Temple of the Mind, Part 2. And it is called, Hallowed Be Thy Name, Thy Kingdom Come. And you heard the uh, the intro song, uh, it, which is the Lord's Prayer that we've put together. Uh, a friend, good friend of mine, Mr. J.K. Northrup, and I put that together. And uh, and so that is our intro song. And so we're going to dive into uh, this part of the Lord's Prayer, uh, Matthew six nine and Matthew six ten. And uh, before we do, Susan, would you would you open with a word of prayer, please? Yes, our loving Father in heaven, we are grateful that um, you have given us an example of what it means to pray and how to pray. But we also know that you are most willing for us to have um, our hearts open and our minds searching to know you better. And so we just pray right now that you'll be with us discussion and that we will honor and glorify you uh, through our conversation. And please bless um, our words and everybody that's tuned in to listen. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Susan. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I was jotting down some bullet points and uh, on this program today, and I, I hit my pen to the paper, and my ink pen shot across the room right before we were cued to come on. And um, anyway, I got it glued back together so we can take notes now. Um, so you were talking about what does it mean, hallowed be thy name. Right. Um, because I can remember you and I in, in an N.A. group, Standing around at the end of the group, holding hands, and what did we pray? The Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. And here's a, a, a bunch of recovering addicts. Some of us, I mean, me, the first couple times I went there, you know, a couple days clean. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, and we're praying this prayer, and we're praying, hallowed, hallowed be thy name. And I, I often wondered, well, okay, what does that mean? And what does that mean to you? To me, it, it so... I think that hallowed is a hard word for me. So I think for me, when I think hallowed be thy name, I think I translate it in my brain to be um, how gracious and loving your character is. Okay. Right. So the hallowed, I don't know that I truly understand. I guess it's supposed to be holy. But so when I, I don't think, I think of it as a word that doesn't really always make sense to me. And right. so. Um, I, I think it's an acknowledgement of God's holy nature. 
Okay, so but you say you think you have a, it has a lot to do with character then. Yes, God's character. Yes, which we don't fully understand. Right. So I. So he. You were like. Oh yeah, I, saw, I, he, he, I was sorry. looking at my phone, and he was like, "Stop looking at your phone." I, I, yeah, I but, so there's a translation. This is this is how um, Matthew six verse nine states it. This is an example of how to talk with God, our Father in heaven. Your character is beautiful and holy. Reveal more of yourself to us. Okay, so that's really really good. Because uh, it says. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. And we're going to get into thy kingdom come here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, in this context, when we pray that prayer, when we pray hallowed be thy name, does what does that have to do? Because because what I see, do we, with God's character, does he give us the right to not like him? Absolutely. Does he give us the right to say bad things about him, even though he's not bad? Correct. He allows us. He yes. gives us that he gives freedom. Us that freedom, right? He gives us that freedom. He does not suppress what we say. No. He allows us to formulate our own opinions and say our own opinions, mm-hmm. and because the truth is always going to come out in the end, and the truth invites investigation. Right. And so God has invited investigation, right, hasn't He? Truth has no reason to hide anything. Exactly. So God is saying, "Yes, you, you know, I'm an open book." And and so the the beautiful thing about this, and one of the reasons why I'm I'm the more I read the Bible, the more I know it's true. Because His people throughout biblical history, if you look, they didn't do that red hot. They didn't do that well. Right. None of them. Their did. experiences, just like any uh, any one of our experiences, going through the um, the challenges that we all have in life. Exactly. And even more so, some of the, some of the Bible characters had, you know, they needed some fetching up, and and made some, you know, very made big choices that um, took them away from God or it, totally out of God's lifestyle desires for them. Right, and yet God still put it in Holy Scripture. In yes. other words. The failures of God's people throughout history are well, well documented. You, you know, when you were, if you were a pharaoh, you all of your defeats, you didn't put that on the wall. Right. Those weren't in the hieroglyphics. Those weren't in the in the record on the right. wall. Only the successes. But if you see in the Bible, God's successes and His failures are documented. Mm-hmm. All throughout, right. that makes him holy. Right. In other words, he's an open book. Look at I failed here. I washed Judas's feet, mm-hmm. and he still betrayed me. Mm-hmm. I failed. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know that he failed. I think that Judas that failed Judas, him. Yeah, Judas as a human being, God gave Judas the freedom to see the best he had to offer. And if it was Judas's choice not to partake of that, then that that. God respects that. So what does see? So what does that say about God? That God is a respecter of of nobody. That He allows everybody the freedom to think and to do as they want to. So He would allow His creation to nail Him to a cross. Yes. God would do that. God would allow His creation to nail Him to a cross, not re- retaliate, and yet forgive them while they did it. Right. This is the holy God that we. Worship. This mm-hmm. this is hallowed be thy name. This character that we can't comprehend. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but if I'm getting nailed with a cross, I'm I'm very very upset, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm probably going to retaliate, mm-hmm. right? And so this is the so when we talk, 
you know, because we hear people say we need to spend more time at the foot of the cross. Well, that spending time at the foot of, foot of the cross and watching that scene, hallowed be thy name. I mean, that, that just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. A God that would allow his creation to nail him to a cross. Right. You know, so as we go through this, because we are kind of going through the Lord's Prayer here, verse by verse, last program, uh, we began it, and now we're in uh, Matthew 6, verse 9, and Matthew 6, verse 10, hallowed be thy name. You want to catch us up here on... um, Well, holy and reverend is his name, is what is written in Psalms 111, verse 9. And as we enter into prayer, we enter into audience with the Most High God of, of... of the universe. And um, I think that when Jesus taught this prayer, it was to help us to understand that, you know, we we need to have reverence, but we also need to come to him to bear our souls to him. So it's kind of a an interesting just juxtaposition with God, because we're supposed to be able to come to him as a child would to a parent. And but I think that Jesus was just saying, just remember you know, remember God's holy stature, not not to scare us or to drive us away, but just so that we would keep it in remembrance as we, um, whether we're praying or whether we're going about our day to truly understand his goodness. That's really important, yeah, because see, most of the time on my way to work, I have a one-hour drive, and I spend most of my time... Um, because it takes me a long time to wake up. Mm. And when I'm talking to God in the morning on my way to work, mm-hmm. I'm not really very reverent. You're not? No. Because I don't, you know, I'm tired. I don't feel good. I'm going to work. And there's, you know, any host of excuses. And mm-hmm. so I find myself at the foot of the complaint box. Mm-hmm. Complaining, 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 complaining. And, and then I catch myself that... Well, here we go again, another mm. day, and I start out complaining. And like you said um, yesterday, you know, we I, uh, another first world problem. Some of the problems that you and I encounter are not that big of a deal, and in, yet, in in the bigger picture, no, no, it's they're not. not. No, and when we get caught up in the things of this world, I think that's what that means. We get caught up in the things right. of this world, and we fill that complaint box up. And we become that, mm-hmm. you know, and I, so I, I catch myself in it. So I say, well, am I, am I being reverent? Am, am I revering God when I just sit and complain to him all morning, mm-hmm. you know? And so I catch myself and I'm wondering, um, is this part of the lessons that we need to learn because of that? And is this why that Lord's Prayer is so valuable? Hallowed be thy name. And as we go through this thing, you know, Jesus hit everything on, you know, I mean, if angels veil their faces in God's presence, and I don't know if they do or not, but I wonder, um, you know, the cherubim and the seraphim, if they, I'm sure they approach his throne with reverence. How much more should we finite sinful beings come in a reverent manner before uh, before our maker? Right. But to hallow the name of the Lord means more than just this. Um, so our program is called the Temple of the Mind. And, and it was because we wanted to really discuss um, things about character, about ours, about God's, about Jesus. And we can easily be just like the Jews in Christ's day and manifest the greatest outward reverence for God, but yet profane his name continually by the way that we act. 
Okay, and so we we constantly in this program, because it's called the Temple of the Mind, we are constantly tying the name of the Lord together with his character, because the name in the Bible means character. It, and, we're to, and we're not just making that up. The Bible says the name of the Lord is, in Exodus 34, 5 through 7, the name of the Lord is merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, forgiven iniquity and transgression and sin. That's Exodus 34, 5 through 7. That's what the name of the, the Lord is. The text uh, is describing character traits. Even though it's calling it the name of the Lord, it, it's it's a bunch of beautiful character traits. So when the Bible says the name of the Lord is merciful, gracious, and, and lists all these beautiful character traits. So when at the end of time, when they, when when the when God's children have the Father's name written in their foreheads, that means they admire Him so much they want to be changed into His likeness, or that they have the characteristics of the, of the characteristics that He has. Yeah, they're giving people; they're not takers. Right. And so um, th- that's so that's why we t- in fact that's why we title entitled this program the Temple of the Mind is because this is where their character is. This is where it's formed, and. Um, this is what it's all about. This is what the Bible is all about. All the, you know, you see the character of David, you see the character of Solomon, you see the character of Moses, and then you see them after the Lord is done with them, right? And the how they change, right? And I think that the, um, you know, it, as a follower of Jesus and as a believer in God, that um, that character needs to become a part of our character as well. Our yeah. character needs to assimilate the character of goodness because that's what it means to be a true follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. So the prophet Jeremiah, in the time of Israel's distress and tribulation, he, pro- he, he also prayed, We are called by thy name. Leave us not, Jeremiah 14.9. The name is hallowed by the angels of heaven and by the inhabitants of the unfallen worlds, and Lord, Lord is so good to us that he shows us his character and says, if you like it, you can be like me. Right, if you like and it. exactly. And when we pray, hallowed be thy name, we are asking that it may be hallowed in this world, hallowed in you, hallowed in our life, that God has acknowledged us before before human beings as angels as his child and we pray that we don't dishonor anything to the worthy name for which we're called right and this is not um this is not a, a daunting task mm-hmm. god sends us into the world as his representatives and in every act of life we're to make manifest the name of god this is not this is it just in your everyday interact, we, we don't have to all have some massive million-person ministry. It's just day-to-day, are we manifesting a giving, kind, loving, or as you would say, Exodus 34 character, you right. know? Right, so is that character something that we manifest within our, spirit, our, um, our um, circle of influence? How do... Um, when the rubber meets the road, how do the people that are part of your inner circle and, and the circle that's outside of the inner circle and the even bigger circle, whether it be at work or family or friends, how, what is, what is, how does that character follow through? And so even though I don't think we, can, we cannot make God's name holy or hallowed, because it just is, we have no influence upon that, um, but 
is it represented that way in our life? Right. And, and, and it's nothing, you can't be an actor. Right. You have to assimilate that character. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, and that's all he is saying is assimilate his character just like you would food. When you eat food, it becomes a part of you. It's the building blocks of you of, of your body. It's the same thing with his character. If we continue to, you know, by beholding, we become changed. Mm-hmm. Um, you are, it's a law that, but what you, what you behold or what you worship, you will become like that. Right. And so, you know, you've heard the statement, Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, and mm-hmm. everything will be all right. Mm-hmm. Don't. And I think one of my big faults is I have my eyes fixed on myself mm-hmm. way too much. Mm-hmm. If I fix my eyes on Jesus, mm-hmm. then by default, it change. He changes me by assimilating his character. Mm-hmm. True. Um. So that's that's the whole thing in our life and our character. We need to represent the char- life and character of God. But we can only do this through the acceptance of his grace and through Christ's righteousness. That's, that's right. It doesn't come from our own good works. No, we, we, can't, it's, we can't muster up strength and say, I'm going to be like this today. I've tried that. It does not work. Mm-hmm. I have to get my eyes off of self or my eyes off of everything that's bugging me and keep my eyes on Jesus. That's the only way it works. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Matthew 6, uh, 6 verse 10, thy kingdom come. Okay, so that's the next part of the Lord's Prayer. God is our Father who loves and cares for us as his children. He's also the great King of the universe. The interests of his kingdom are our interests, and we're to work for its upbuilding and its uplifting. That's our, that's our jobs. We're put here on this planet to work for the uplifting of God's kingdom. Right, and Jesus gave this prayer to the disciples because um, they were looking for an immediate con- coming of, of the kingdom of, of God and his glory. But in giving them this prayer, Jesus taught that the kingdom was not to be established right then. They were to pray for its coming as an event still in the future. And so, you know, we're still, you know, this still isn't God's kingdom yet. Um, we know that that Christ is the victor over this world and all the evil in it. But we haven't gone into God's full kingdom yet. That won't happen till the future. So I think that reminder of thy kingdom come is still a reminder that there's something different that's still yet to be. Right, right. So even if we're living, quote unquote, a kingdom type life here on this planet right now, there is way more to come. Eye is not seen nor ear heard, right? Mm -hmm. And we have assurance, you know, while the disciples weren't going to see the coming of the kingdom in their day, the fact that Jesus told them to pray for it is evidence that in God's own time, it will definitely come. Right. And the kingdom of God's grace is is, is happening now. Day by day, hearts have been full of sin and rebellion, and um, you, know, you see it all around you, how people are yield to the love of God. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what we're talking about. It's the healing of the temple of the mind, God's dwelling place. So, you know, you can you've got a throne in your mind if you want to think about it like that and you can, you know, you can only really have one master over your mind and either it's going to be God or it's going to be the one that's against God. Yeah. And if it's not God and it's the one that's against God, sometimes it can look just like God. Mm-hmm. But in in many ways it's not. So um I think that um I think that people struggle 
in the world today, maybe a lot of times because maybe they don't fit into a church structure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it can be, um, you know, I think that there's all kinds of issues going on in this world in and outside of the church. And But I do believe that regardless of where we're at or however, however we question things, that we can always be assured that above all, God is on his throne mm-hmm. and is his greatest desire is that each one of us to be saved to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you can you can read um, in spiritual uh, things or or hear people say that, you know, God is going to get vengeance or something like that, you know, and that's okay because it's I'm all, I, if I'm thinking, oh, God's going to get vengeance on that person because they did something wrong to me. I'm okay with it because it's direct. That vengeance is directed towards me and not direct directed towards them, and not directed towards me. See, I'm okay with God getting vengeance on, on, some, on one of my but enemy, y- yeah. but heaven forbid he take it out on me, which I very well deserve all the everything. Yeah. If God was truly like that, I would deserve everything that he was going to give me. Right. But because he is so holy and because he is so good and so filled with goodness grace. that and grace that he desires nothing more than for me to be saved to the kingdom as he does with every single human being on the earth or and everybody who has ever lived before. Yeah, and we have to be very careful not to make God after our own image. Right. God is God, and what you want to see a picture of him, look at the cross. Right, and look at the life of Jesus and, look at and the how life he of treated Jesus, people. Because that's what he came for. Remember, right. he said, I finished the work that you gave me to do, and he hadn't even gone to the cross well, yet. Well, and what's interesting is that he and some di- disciples were, I think, walking in Sychar. I can't remember where it was, and, and they were so upset at these people. They were like, should we you know, call down Jesus? Let's call down fire from heaven to destroy these people. And, and Jesus is like... You don't know who who you're talking about, yeah. you know, or what you're asking, or and, yeah, and where that, that comes from. Yeah, where that comes from, because that kind of behavior can come from um, not God. And so that's the thing too: is um, as Christians, do we really are we truly representing the truth about God's character? Mm-hmm. Because that's how we can participate in the holiness of His name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's. Uh, so the full establishment of that kingdom of glory will take place at the second coming of Christ. The Bible says in Daniel seven twenty seven, the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of his kingdom under the whole heaven is to be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, Daniel seven twenty seven. So this thing is real. Uh-huh. But it 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 can be real in your life right now. Right. By keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus and not making God after our own image, well, and just I, who he, who is he? Right, and things are you know things are happening in the world that none of us could ever imagine or predict were going to happen, and you know we cannot trust what we see, and what we hear, and what's going on around us. We have to remember that this is you know that God's kingdom is not of this world, and that it will come and so are we focused upon that or are we caught up with the cares of this world yeah and it's really hard right now with with all the information we can get from all these different sources to not get caught up in the for lack of better term nastiness of this planet right uh because it is getting more and more um divisive and Mm -hmm. whatnot we have to stay out of that right 
Right. Uh, it's we're, not it's healthy. Not, it's not part of our world. We there will be no arguments in heaven. World. It's yeah. either that or we're getting old. Maybe we're getting old and well, tired. We know we're getting, we are is. getting old and tired, but um, you know, you kind of wonder, okay, well, am I just, is it defaulting? But I don't think so. I think something, something's happening. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting late in the program here. We're going to have to wrap it up real quick here. Uh, you can get resources from Susan. If you'd like, you can give her a call at 916-645-1297, and, or you can go online at www.justasiamministries.com. We have all these programs are there at our website. We also have books we can send out, resources. Uh, could it be this simple, The Way Out of Your Prison and Clean Seven Steps to freedom. Uh, we'll send those out for you. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you for listening to The Temple of the Mind, Part 2 on Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. Thank you for listening and remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Power in